Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. Good morning, everyone. It's Shannon here with you to share an author interview and to talk about this week's new releases. So this interview that I'm about to share with you is one that I did not too long ago with author Sarah Smith. And we are talking about her novel, On Location, which is a rom-com. So if you are a romance fan, definitely stay tuned for that. We are also, of course, going to talk about this week's new releases, and there are a good number of them, which I feel like we haven't had for a few weeks. So this is refreshing. I'm going to move now into the housekeeping information, followed by the interview with Sarah Smith, and then I'll be back to talk to you about new books. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro Podcast. This is Shannon, and today I am really, really excited to be talking with author Sarah Smith, about her latest novel, On Location, which will be releasing here in the U.S. on Tuesday, September 21st. So, Sarah, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. I'm so excited to be here. You are so welcome. I would love it if we could start out with you giving listeners a bit of an introduction to what they can expect from On Location. Yeah, absolutely. So On Location is a, a sexy rom-com. It is about um, Alia. She's the main character and she is the uh, showrunner for a, an outdoor television series set in Utah, which is her dream come true. She's always wanted to shoot a show like this. Um, but there's one catch. Um, her newest crew member, Drew, is the guy who she had the most amazing date with a couple weeks ago. Um, but then he ghosted her. So her, um, her whole thing is to try and figure out how to navigate um, filming this show while also navigating the conflict with him. But they also have a very palpable um, attraction to each other. There's also um, the host of the show who is an absolute nightmare to work with. So it's just a lot of um, tension, heat, comedic moments, and a lot of heart in this, in this book. I love how many books are being written with like a TV theme, whether it's mm -hmm. like reality TV or 
like a TV, you know, kind of mini series. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think there's something so cool about this kind of blending of like a book about television or a book about movies. So this one definitely like falls into that so nicely. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm, um, I spent a lot of time <laughs> binging television shows, especially outdoor television shows um, during the <laughs> quarantine pandemic. So that definitely inspired some of this book. <laughs> so I'm interested in knowing, and this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your book, but I suppose it could like with your, your research, what was it like to be on a set during the pandemic? Um, so I, so actually I've never been on like an outdoor television, uh, set, or I've never done any kind of like TV production work. Um, but a couple of friends of mine have, so I ended up talking to them a lot and interviewing them about like, okay, what's the, what's the goings on? Um, what's like day to day, like, um, is it stressful? What, what kind of stuff do you run into? That's a problem. What, what do you really love about it? So it sounds like it's very, um, like it sounds like no two days are the same. So if you like that sort of environment, that's a great fit for somebody who, um, who loves not doing the same thing every day for work. And I have anxiety uh, like so fast. <laughs> I, know, I would too. I, I'm definitely, I mean, I love, you know, traveling and trying out new things, but to kind of like deal with the kind of stuff that they have to deal with, like, you know, weather is a big factor in um, when you're filming. Oh, and, and outside, yeah. Yes, outside and like lighting. Lighting is a huge deal. <laughs> and I never really realized that before until I talked to my couple of friends about it. So it's just, um, it's just a whole different um, environment and anything can change at any moment. But it's also, it sounds like it's also very rewarding because at the end of it, when you come out with this show or this segment or online whatever you're, whatever you're shooting, it's really, it's a really satisfying moment to see like, okay, I put this all together. We all work together and look at this amazing footage we got. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of like talking to my friends, <laughs> asking them um, random questions about what it's like to work on an outdoor television um, show. And then I also watched a lot of um, Rock the Park, which was a TV show about the national parks in Utah. And um, one of the hosts of that show, he has a YouTube channel and he showed a lot of um, outdoor, like behind the scenes stuff that they would get into. So that really okay. helps too. Yeah. Isn't it great when you can use YouTube for research? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, um, it makes things, so for a homebody like me, it makes leaving the house not necessary, which I love, so. Yes. <laughs> And there's just something so like, I'll start watching something on YouTube and then I'll be like, oh, look, now it's recommending this and this. And I'll just like click through all these things. And it's like, if you could just say, oh, well, you know, I'm researching for my book. Like you could just (laughs) watch it for just now. That's, that's exactly, I am not ashamed to admit that that is how I spend a lot of my free time. Um, Not always, but like when we're all, you know, stuck inside and we're meant to not be out and about. Um, Ah, yes. That is a, that is a great thing. I am a big fan of YouTube. Um, It's amazing to me, like the things that you find there. So I, I, I'm here for that. Yes. Yeah. It's a rabbit hole for sure, but a glorious rabbit hole. (laughs) It is. It is. And for somebody, you know, like I grew up before I sort of, the internet was a huge thing. And so seeing, you know, all these things now that, are available, you know, I can like look back and find like 
things, you know, from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, like, you know, the internet wasn't even like much of a thing then. And now all this stuff is on YouTube and it's, it's so, so excellent. Yeah. Isn't it? It's kind of um, surreal because I'm the same way. I remember, I like, I remember life before the internet. Um, yes. It, yeah. Like I didn't start to have access to it until I was like in middle school or high school. And so, yeah, it definitely um, blows my mind. The kind of things that you can find on there. Yeah. Just like all kinds of things, some good, some bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some like entirely too disturbing to like ever want to find again. Yes. so aside from like you know some of the the watching of of shows and talking to people was there other was there other research that kind of went into this book or did a lot of it come kind of naturally once you had the information that you felt you needed yeah so actually um Utah the part of Utah that um on location takes place in is Southern Utah where uh, most of the national parks in Utah are. And I think that's probably one of my favorite places to visit, to go hiking, because I love um, I love hiking. It's one of my favorite uh, hobbies to do. And, um, and I've been a few times. And so I just took that, all of the experiences that I've had hiking in that area, I was able to incorporate a lot of them into writing this book so it was definitely part of my personal experience but I also was able to kind of take things to the next level because there are there are a lot of like dramatic things that happen in on location that I haven't personally dealt with um because I was probably good yeah (laughs) right yeah exactly (laughs) um so it was part personal experience and part research but then it, it, it was also just like my imagination running wild like there's a couple of scenes where like, you know, Alia, the main character falls in the water and almost gets hypothermia. And thankfully like that's never happened to me, but it's great for like upping the drama of the- <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, there are a lot of things that I am very happy to read about <laughs> that I don't want like to happen to me or probably really to anyone else. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, I, that my sense of imagination, I think, keeps me um, safe because I just imagine things that I don't actually do a lot of them. No, then you just don't have to, like, decide. You're like, okay, I imagine this. This would be terrible. I I, I don't know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to to rom-coms, you know, I... I struggle sometimes because I feel like some of the conflicts are like super contrived and it can feel really forced. Mm -hmm. And yet there are so many that have come out in the past few years that have kind of like rekindled my love of them. Like that kind of remind me of, you know, some of the stuff I read back when I was first discovering romance. And I love sort of the way that they're, I don't want to say they're coming back because I think Mm -hmm. rom-coms have always been, been a thing but there's something about like so many of them that are coming out now that feels like somehow fresh and comforting at the same time like I don't feel like I'm reading something you know that's like old hat but at the same time Mm -hmm. I feel very very comfortable because I'm in a like a good story that I know you know based on like what I've read in the first little bit that I can trust the author to mm-hmm. you know, deliver the thing that I'm looking for. So I'm wondering when you 
have, you know, sat down to write this book as well as like other things that you've written, are there things that you consider like when you're creating the conflict or creating the drama that you will then kind of decide like, no, this is too much. Like, how do you, how do you find that line between like the drama that keeps things readable and then like the drama that just exists to create angst for the sake of of angst? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I mean, like you said, rom-com is very trope heavy. Yes. Which I love. And I mean, I know, like you said, that is, something that some people used to criticize it but I think that there's a lot of joy and even like comfort and safety in knowing that you can explore a lot of different themes in the context of a rom-com and know that at the end of it it's going to be okay the characters are going to resolve whatever issues they're going through and there's going to be a happily ever after that leaves the characters and the reader satisfied so just just being familiar with the structure of storytelling in the context of a rom-com, I think um, is just offers a lot of like comfort for me when I, when I think of, okay, like what are we going to have happen? That's just going to be absolutely crazy in this, (laughs) in this book. Right. Yeah. And it's um, so I really just, honestly, maybe it's just the way that my brain works or that I'm wired, but most of the dramatic things that I can think of that I put into the plot of my stories, none of them are ever really like that, I guess, that big of a deal. Like nobody, you know, nobody dies. There's nothing too serious happening because there is, this is a rom-com and it's meant to be lighthearted and funny at the end of the day. But I feel like I do still explore like, events and experiences that kind of go deep emotionally which I think is really fun to do also in a rom-com because because that's you know another thing that I think some people criticize about rom-com is that it's shallow or vapid and I mean there definitely are some that exist that are like that but I think like you said in this current resurgence of romance we're getting a lot of rom-com and romance books that offer a lot of emotional depth in addition to the happily ever afters and the steam. And I think that's just like a really, a really exciting combination. That's very alluring to a lot of readers, obviously, because people have been, or at least that I've noticed readers have been really excited for rom-com books in the last um, few years. And that's a really exciting um, thing to see that, uh, like you said, I don't think the interest in rom-coms ever faded it's just like maybe some for a while some people just were kind of like ashamed to say like oh yeah I like rom-coms or they knew the stigma attached to them um they didn't want to admit how much they liked romance but now I think it's getting I think romance and rom-com is are getting the love that they deserve which is really exciting to see yes yes I feel like for me you know I started out reading like historicals romantic suspense and I read a Mm -hmm. few like what would be considered kind of contemporary romances back in the day but a lot of the the rom-coms that I I had access to like in the late 90s and the early 2000s like they did not resonate with me in the same way that you know the books that are coming out now Mm -hmm. have begun to do and so for a long time, I was always just like, oh, you know, maybe like the rom-com idea, like the, the subgenre of romance that, that that is, maybe that just doesn't like work for me. And then suddenly 
I feel like so many authors have come out with these fabulous books that hit like the perfect balance of things that are funny, but also things that are a little bit deeper and more meaningful to create really resonant stories. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think you're spot on with that. And that's what I try to do when I write almost any romance or rom-com book. Um, I definitely explored that in On Location with the main character, Alia. She has a relationship trauma in her past that informs a lot of her behavior um, in, the, in the story that takes place and how things go with her love interest at first and mm-hmm. the story. And it's, um, and it's, not, it's not anything that's like, you know, I, I don't think it's something that needs like a trigger warning or a content warning or anything like that. It's just, you know, experiencing having your heart broken and having your feelings disregarded. And that's, uh, I mean, as universal as it is, that's a pretty emotionally deep place to go because we all know what it's like to yes. have our heart broken and like be mistreated in a relationship or be ignored or dismissed. And it's not a fun feeling, but um, in the context of a rom-com, it's um, kind of enjoyable to introduce that emotional depth to show that like, you know, this isn't just about happily ever afters and banter and steam, even though those are wonderful, it's a lot more substance than that. And I think it's, it's the substance, you know, not that I I don't enjoy the lighter aspects of Mm -hmm. this particular genre, because I do. But when I look at a book, like when I'm looking at a blurb, I have to say that if someone says like, oh, I, you know, I laughed nonstop, then I'm just like, "Mm, (laughs) probably not. Like, there's probably not going to be something that I personally gravitate toward. Like, I have to have kind of that balance of like things that are, that are like funny and smart, but also things that have a little bit of, of depth. And I'm not quite sure, you know, what that says about me as a (laughs) But things that people find just like hilariously funny from start to finish are the things that I am most likely to say, you know, that I, I have to, I have to pass because I know that those aren't going to be the stories that, that call to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. So do you have either a favorite trope to write or to read when it comes to romance? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if anyone has ever read my books, they're probably aware, but I'm a huge um, enemies to lovers fan and, and yes. any, <laughs> yeah, in any and all iterations of that, I am a huge fan. There's, um, there's definitely an element of that in on location because of how, um, uh, Alia's love interest drew go- ghosts her, uh, at the beginning of the story. So right. Yeah. When they're working together, that's, there's a lot of tension that ends, ends up in them clashing. Um, I just, I just feel like there's, that's such a um, engaging trope to me. Like there's just so much there in the tension and in the banter and in like, just right off the bat, you know, that these characters have feelings for each other, even though they're rooted in like negative feelings, but then yes but then to know that you're going to go on that journey in the plot and like things are going to change here and there. And then all of a sudden it's going to flip. And then all of that passion that they've harbored for hating each other is going to be transformed into passion for just wanting each other. And that, I just think that that's the most um, enjoyable thing to read and write for me. Um, Not necessarily to live. I'm not an enemies to lovers person in real life. No, no. (laughs) 
No, I, I would be a little bit concerned if my partner, like before she was my partner, was my mm. enemy. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I also like think about like, you know, the word enemy has like this, this strong like connotation for me. Mm. And I think like, do I even have any enemies? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is, I think that's a good thing. Cause that means that you're probably a really wonderful person who isn't, you know, just starting feuds with people left and right. I think that's a good <laughs> like, thing. <laughs> going around cultivating enemies. No, I, I try not to do that. <laughs> I, I don't live to like, you know, find, find strife and have enemies. Although I guess if I did, I could write, you know, books about myself and like, the, the various enemies that I have. <laughs> That's true. That would be very, I'm, I'm sure that people would love to read. I would read that. I would be all for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> um, I'll just skip the enemies part. That's fine. <laughs> so is there a trope that you love to read that you have not written or like that you're, you know, kind of hesitant to write? Yeah. Um, I really, I, I think um, Friends to Lovers is a really good one that I, I think is just very swoony and very enjoyable. I, I oh. feel like I'm really picky though, like how, how it, it has to go for me to like mm-hmm. it, you know, like, uh, but, and I, and I would love to write that someday. And um, it's just, it's just like, I feel like I'm so attached to the, the plot structure of an enemy to lovers romance that I, that, that, that would require a lot of like shifting and changing my mindset when I write it, which ah, is, yes. yeah, which is, you know, a challenge that I'm completely up for at some point. But, um, but yeah, there's just like a sweetness about friends to lovers that I think is just really it just makes my insides go gooey. And I just, when it's done to my weirdly particular <laughs> expectations, I just love it so much. Oh, there are some of them that I feel mm-hmm. like are just so, so lovely. Um, the Smallest yeah. Part by Amy Harmon, I think is one of the best. Oh, I haven't read that one. I'll, I'm going to put that on my list though. That, yeah. Yes. Amy Harmon, I feel like is amazing in whatever she does. Mm-hmm. But the smallest part, I think, is just a phenomenal friends to lovers that, you know, has a lot of the like the depth and the the drama, mm-hmm. but all like wrapped up so, so nicely. Oh, OK. Yeah. that And that's like what I love. Like there still has to be some sort of drama in right. friends to lovers for me to want to engage with it. <laughs> So can you tell listeners anything about what might be coming next for you? Yeah, absolutely. So in, um, in December, on December 1st, I uh, wrote my, or I'm publishing my very first uh, women's fiction novel. Under, Yay! Yeah, <laughs> I'm writing that as Sarah Echevarri. So that comes out December 1st. And I'm really excited about that. It's, um, it's kind of like a, a tearjerker type of story. Um, oh, yeah, really? it's a, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being excited about it. Um, it's and just to briefly talk about it, it's about um, a woman who her mom dies unexpectedly, and obviously she's 
very distraught about that and reeling from the loss and the grief. And then one day she wakes up and her mom is alive inexplicably. And it's as if, huh. yeah, her death didn't happen. So she's kind of just grappling with like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But then she realizes, oh, okay, this is a second chance at more time with my mom. So it's very different from what I've written um, in my romances and rom-coms, but it was really fun to write something with a lot of um, emotional, emotional angst and depth. And, um, and I think it's something that a lot of people could relate to because unfortunately I think we've all lost somebody who's close to us. And I think we all wish that we could have had just more time with them. So yes. I think it's a story that, um, will resonate with a lot of people, hopefully. So, uh, that's what I have coming up. <laughs> after this. That is amazing. I think there are such nice intersections between romance and women's fiction like a lot of people who started out writing romance Mm -hmm. now kind of either have migrated to women's fiction or do this really nice blend Mm -hmm. of like women's fiction with romantic elements or like romance with sort of more of an emphasis on the heroine's journey like I'm thinking of um, Helen Twang and her uh, heart principle yes yes yes. Mm -hmm. Um, which is currently sitting on my iPad I have (laughs) 18 more days to read it before the library takes it back for me oh um so I I need to I'm in this like weird library position where all of my holds are coming in at the same time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and it's it's definitely like a good problem to have. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's also like, oh crap, I have all this stuff to read. How am I going to (laughs) do? Yes. And like with the, um, you know, the digital library loans, Mm -hmm. like you can't just say, well, I'll just (laughs) keep it an extra day and pay the overdue fee. Right. And, you know, finish it. Like that thing just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good incentive, I think, in a way it for is. a lot of people it to is. like, I have to read this now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause overdrive will just like snap it right back up mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. it's gone and like, wait, but, <laughs> but I only had, you know, one more chapter. Oh, that's the, and, that's the worst. Oh. And overdrive says, nope, all done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I am a big fan of my library. And so I do try to, you know, read things within the, the allotted time. Um, but Helen Huang, I feel like, has done that kind of blending of like romance mm-hmm. and women's fiction. I think some people have given her flack for it. But yeah, from what I, yes, but from what I understand, like it is just such a beautiful book and I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I, it's, again, it's on my list, just like you, I just haven't yes. gotten to it yet, but no, I, I love that point that you bring up that um, it's, it's just cool to see these various iterations of like romance, rom-com, women's fiction, and to see how they can overlap at times. And it's just a really, ex- I feel like we're in a really exciting time in, um, in this s- specific sect of publishing that is romance and women's fiction. And it's cool to see all of these authors branching out and releasing stories that maybe like a few years ago, nobody would have paid attention to, you know, but now it's all that people want to read and it's really really exciting. Yeah. So kind of spinning off a little bit from this, I get to ask you my very favorite question now. (laughs) And it's a little intense. Um, when I ask this, people get alarmed because I get this like super, like a little bit creepy tone, but <laughs> what have you read recently that oh, yeah. you want the world to know about? Oh my gosh. So much again. Yay. Um, yes. So I finished um, There With You 
by Samantha Young, and she's one of my favorite uh, romance writers ever. And that's um, kind of like a romantic suspense if you're into Ooh. if you're into like um, you know that sort of exciting aspect of romance. Um, it's set in Scotland, and it's um, features an American heroine and a Scottish hero. And it's just, it's just, it's just great. I can't recommend it enough. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I also read um, the Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. That's a really, that was a really fun um, enemies to lovers romance. No surprise there. I love enemies to lovers. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm trying to. I feel like um, it's so hard to keep track of because like. I read a lot of books that are like that haven't been released yet because I get to like oh I know yeah endorse so them with lovely. like right yeah it's such a great it's such an awesome opportunity to have as an author to read all of these early editions but oh I um, love advanced copies yes like, <laughs> they oh. make me so happy <laughs> yes it's it's so good and I um there's one that I read um by Taj McCoy and it doesn't come out until I think it's um, next year, I think early next year. And it's called um, uh, Savvy Sheldon is Feeling Good as Hell. And that's such a great like body positive um, romance about a woman who her douchey boyfriend breaks up with her. So she takes that as like an opportunity to sort of reinvent herself and put her happiness first again. And that was really empowering and exciting to read. So I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, that's by, I, I can't remember if I said it, but that's by Tosh McCoy. She's a brilliant, really, really talented writer. Um, I'm. Is that her I, debut or does yes. she have one out now? Yeah. I think that's her debut. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, it's, again, it's hard to keep track of this. I feel like there's so many books that I have like on the brain at any given time. Oh, like, hey, yes. This person's a debut. This person's published like 30 books. So it's like hard to keep straight. And I'm always afraid I'm going to screw it up. But, um, but yeah, those are a few. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but we don't have all day. So I'll just leave it. You know, <laughs> sometimes I, I wish I, I could just like make this giant episode of like some person, some author, like coming and telling me all the things that they've read. Mm -hmm. like, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So <laughs> If you ever want to do that, I'm not sure I'm if it would make. <laughs> oh, good. I'm not sure if it would make anyone else happy, but it would make me very happy because authors, I feel like, have some of the best book recommendations. Partly because of the whole like advanced copy thing. Um, yes. Because I think you, as an author, get them even before I do. Like as like a as a podcaster, because they want mm -hmm. you for you know like the copy, like the endorsement. Yes. Um, yeah. I get them closer to publication, you know, when I'm actually going to like talk with authors. Um, but you have like that, that extra, extra knowledge of things that I, I just don't have. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a definite, it's a, a big perk. And I'm super thankful that um, I get to read so many books before they come out and yes. hype them up and tell them to everyone like read this book pre-order it because that's so important to support oh you know? pre-ordering yeah. yes yeah yes I'm always like so happy when I pre-order something like several months before it comes out and then kind of forget that it's coming <laughs> yeah and, and then, then it just it. like pops into my library I'm like oh right isn't it just like the best surprise like for me it's like getting yeah. waking up on Christmas morning and be like oh my gosh all this stuff I get to like open and it's, read now it's like a <laughs> gift to myself that I somehow like you know didn't remember that I gave myself 
<laughs> right, exactly. Well, I want to thank you so very, very much for taking time out of your pre-release schedule to talk with me, not only about on location, but about romance as a whole. Um, I think romance authors are some of the best people to talk to. And I'm so glad that you were able to, to be here today. Oh my gosh, that's what a lovely thing to say. Thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure. Pleasure. I had the best time. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so again, this is on location. And by the time this episode airs, um, it will be available in the world. So definitely pick it up as well as um, Sarah's previous novels. And before I let you dash off, can you let listeners know the best place to find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty active on social media. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at author Sarah S. Um, I also have um, an author website in case you want to go check that out. It's www.sarasmithbooks.com. And are you Sarah with an H or Sarah without an H? I'm Sarah with an H. Thank you for asking. <laughs> ah, well, see, we have as one of my presenters here on Book Bistro, Sarah without an H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always like to ask because, you know, our Sarah um, is S-A-R-A. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you just don't know. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm glad you asked because sometimes I forget that people spell their name differently than we use. So I forget to say Yes. <laughs> yes. So you are Sarah with an H. Yes. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for this. Thank you. It was so much, so much fun, Shannon. Thank you. All right. So this is of course the first Tuesday of the month. And so there are lots of great things I'm excited to tell you about. The first several books I'm going to mention are books that you've heard us talk about before on our most anticipated books of November episode. So I'm starting out with one of Natalia's picks. This is Gilded by Marissa Meyer. It is listed as being part of a series that is yet to be titled. Moving on to Mariah's books, everything she discussed on that episode is out today. So we have some fantasy, Dreams Lie Beneath by Rebecca Ross, Skin of the Sea by Natasha Bowen, and then we have a thriller, All Her Little Secrets by Wanda M. Morris. Speaking of thrillers, The Collective by Alison Galen, which is a book that I'm super excited for, is also out today. And Kristen talked about Carrie the Dog by Stephanie Ganji, and this is the last of the books that we talked about on a previous episode that is releasing today. All right, so let's talk about books that you haven't heard us talk about. And I'm starting out with a few romances. First up is The Donut Trap by Julie Tu, and there are some really cool books coming out about donuts. Um, last week, we had um, Donut Fall in Love by Jackie Lau, and this is The Donut Trap. So this is a rom-com, 
and it has lots of good food and witty banter and everything excellent that you have come to expect from contemporary romance. This is The Donut Trap by Julie Tew. I also want to tell you about The Fastest Way to Fall by Denise Williams, and this is her second book. It is a social media-inspired rom-com about a couple of people who are dealing with a fitness app. I don't want to tell you too much, but I will say that I read an early copy and it is phenomenal. So it is The Fastest Way to Fall by Denise Williams. Vanessa King is releasing A Certain Appeal today. This is a Pride and Prejudice retelling set in the world of New York burlesque. There are some really good Austin retellings out there these days, and I love that so much. This is A Certain Appeal, and it's by Vanessa King. Then we have the conclusion to Karen White's Trad Street series. This is The Attic on Queen Street. It's Trad Street Book 7, and this is a series that Stacy has followed from the beginning. And I know that she is very, very excited about this one. Um, She talked about this actually on our Creepy Books episode, not so much this specific book, but this series in general. So you can zip back over there to hear more about the series. Um, But this is the conclusion, as I said, and it's The Attic on Queen Street, Trad Street, number seven, by Karen White. Then we have some historical novels. So, The London House by Catherine Ree, and this is, it looks to be a dual timeline novel um, dealing with World War II, and in the present time, we have a woman sort of unearthing some family secrets, which is a common sort of thing for a dual timeline novel, especially one during World War II. Um, But for some reason, I really, really enjoy these, and this is one that I am especially looking forward to. It is The London House by Catherine Ree. We also have The French Gift by Kirsty Manning, and she has written several really awesome um, dual timeline novels. The one I'm thinking of the most is Song of the Jade Lily, but this one... Um, is about murder and secrets and survival, and it is set against the backdrop of World War II. And the audio for this is not out this week. It's actually out next, but print and ebook are out this week. It is The French Gift by Kirsty Manning. Then we have The Pilot's Daughter, This is by Meredith Yeager, and it moves between the 1920s and the 1940s. I'm always on the lookout for a good 1920s novel. I think that time was just so tumultuous and incredibly interesting to read about. So I'm definitely planning to pick this one up. Um, Yeager has another pretty popular book out right now called The Boardwalk Summer, which I have not read. I want to pick this one up, and if I enjoy it as much as I expect to, I will go back and check out her backlist. So this is The Pilot's Daughter by Meredith Yeager. We have a historical mystery and a retelling. This is Miss Moriarty, I presume, 
It is Lady Sherlock, book six by Sherry Thomas. Um, as you can probably guess from the title, it is a retelling of Sherlock Holmes, wherein Sherlock Holmes is actually Charlotte Holmes. And this is the sixth book wherein the Moriarty character is introduced and explored in, in depth, it looks like. So this again is Miss Moriarty, I presume, Lady Sherlock, book six by Sherry Thomas. I want to talk about a couple of fantasy novels now. First up is A Psalm of Storms and Silence. This is the second book in Roseanne A. Brown's Song of Wraiths and Ruin series. This is young adult fantasy with a diverse cast, some romance, some political intrigue, lots of great magic. Um, I've heard so much great stuff about this particular series. I bought the first book and I have not read it yet, but I really, really want to. So this one is A Psalm of Storms and Silence. Song of Wraiths and Ruin, book two by Roseanne A. Brown. And if you love urban fantasy, paranormal romance, steampunk, anything like that, you are probably very familiar with the work of Beck McMaster. Well, she has a new book out today. This is Curse of Darkness, Dark, Dark Court Rising, book three. And this is a series that deals with the fae. So a little bit of like urban fantasy, I guess. Um, I'm kind of picky about my interpretations of the fae, but everything that I've read of Beck McMaster's has been so well done. So if you've not checked her out, I highly recommend it. So this one is Curse of Darkness, Dark Court Rising, book three. And again, it's by Beck McMaster. And I am rounding off today with a women's fiction title. This is Everything We Didn't Say by Nicole Bart. This is about a woman who is trying to reconnect with her daughter, but in order to do that, she has to come to terms with this one summer in her past that changed her life in really extreme ways. Um, Nicole Bart has written some Christian fiction, also some more sort of general women's fiction, and she's an author that I have been interested in reading for a while now. But this one is Everything We Didn't Say, and it's by Nicole Bart. And that, my friends, is all I have for you today. I hope that you are enjoying something really, really excellent today in, in terms of books. Um, you know, it's, it's a little tricky these days with the whole like supply chain shortage and the movement of publishing dates, but there are still some really great books out there. So I hope that you are finding them. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. 
and some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody. Thank you.